everyone. Welcome back to Mercy Talk. This is Melanie Wise. And this is Jen Otero. And today is our final podcast of the month of March. Mm -hmm. um, As we've been discussing this topic of unsafe people, toxic relationships, and really it's all been based off the book Safe People by Henry Cloud and John Townsend. So if you have not listened to the last couple of weeks, we encourage you to stop now, Mm -hmm. push the stop button, go back and listen from the beginning because we've really built from beginning to now what unsafe people look like, how to identify those people in your life, how to identify those things in yourself. But also the last two weeks, so last week and this week, we've shifted gears to really focusing on the more upside of things. What does it look like to be a safe person? What does it look like to have those people in your life? Um, And so really that's a lot of what we're going to talk about today is the safe side of things. What a safe Mm -hmm. person is, why we need them in our lives, and really talking through becoming safe people ourselves because ultimately that is what is in our realm of control, not other people. And so we need to identify those things in our relationships. But ultimately, if I'm a safe person, I am going to attract what I am. Mm -hmm. And when those things are attracted into my life, it just makes it that much easier. And so really just talking through being a safe person today. Yeah. So I thought it was funny in the book how they started off this specific topic. They were using the analogy of like when you have a pet dog that Mm -hmm. likes to chase cars and how when you watch that happening, you're like, what in the world is that dog going to do when they actually catch the car? Like, (laughs) are they just going to like pounce on it? Are they going to like try to like steal it? Or what's (laughs) going on when this happens? And so they were saying that some people are the same with relationships, especially with safe ones. If that's not something that you're used to, it's like, when you actually do begin to connect with safe people right. and you start to have safe relationships in your life, what do you actually do with them? Right. I don't know that that's a problem for everyone. I'm like, I don't I don't know that I've ever had to ask the question, like, what am I supposed to do with this person now that they're in my <laughs> life? But when it's new for someone and when it's kind of foreign of like, what does it even look like to have right. a safe relationship? How do I maintain that? What am I supposed to do? I think that's kind of where they were trying to head this chapter. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of where we're where we're going today. Right. And I think really, honestly, I think as a counselor, I've seen that dynamic happen for people. If you've not had a lot of safe people in your life, it really is genuinely this odd thing that Mm -hmm. you work for, you seek out your healing, you pray these people into your life. And then it's almost like, as funny as it sounds like, what do I do with you now? Do we... (laughs) Do we go to a movie? Do we, what, what do we do? You know what I mean? Right it the sounds so silly, but mm-hmm. I think for some people, if you've never had safe people in your life, it's always been drama or issue or hard stuff. Yeah. It's almost like, oh gosh, it's peaceful and I feel safe around you and I can actually be who I am. It just, it's, it's this whole new experience that can kind of feel a little mm-hmm. odd. So. I think that I've seen that and I think I've experienced that at times in my own life too. But some of the actions that will position us to be safe for people, I think that's something to kind of talk through as well because always our heart on Mercy Talk is there's a practicality to things, you know, that we never want to talk about these things up in the sky and then be like, well, good luck. Mm -hmm. Go with God, (laughs) you know, and not have any really takeaway. And so let's spend a little time talking through what allows us to position ourselves to be safer people. The first thing that the authors talk about is learning to ask for help. Oh boy, this is never an easy one. Um, Especially if you are more of an independent person, if you have any issues with pride, it can be really hard to acknowledge that place that you don't always have it all together. There is a humility that comes along with this. Um, But when we do begin to ask for help, we do develop that humility. Um, We own our needs, which sounds like a very counselor thing to say, but really it's it's acknowledging the fact that I have needs and it's my job to make sure that those are met in a healthy way. And so acknowledging that, really learning to take initiative, developing a grateful character, that's such a huge thing, that when we begin to ask people for help and to acknowledge that we don't have it all together and that there's things that people can pour into our lives, 
it's a hard thing at first sometimes because it does require humility. But on the back end, isn't there such a beauty when you're able to receive something from someone that you don't have? Mm -hmm. Like there is just a a gratitude that can come in that relationship. And on the flip side, it makes when you're able to receive from other people, it makes you a better giver as well. I really genuinely believe that when you are able to receive, you're able to give differently too. And so that's really one of the things we can do to become safer people is to Mm -hmm. learn to ask for help. And one that goes kind of along with that one is learning how to actually need. Mm -hmm. And I think that there are a lot of people who have been so hurt or so deprived of relationships or at least of healthy relationships for so long that that need inside of them has pretty much just died. Mm -hmm. And it may be that they know that they're supposed to need people or they know that they do need people, but the desire and and the want to is just gone. It's not there anymore. And so I think sometimes it just starts with having to confess to safe people in your life that you've recognized as safe. It's just confessing that it's really hard for me to rely on other people. Mm -hmm. It's really hard for me to need other people, but I know I need to need and I want to need. And so can you help me with that? And just really confessing that to people in your life that you know, that that love you and that that you trust. I think part of this, though, is also understanding that you don't have to push yourself too hard, too fast on that. And don't try to like fake it or become something that you're not. They use the example in the book of like, if you're not a hugger, you don't have to become (laughs) a hugger to need people. You know, I mean, understand the way that you're wired and and don't push it too hard. Like, oh, I'm supposed to need people. So I'm just going to wear myself out being around people all time. Mm -hmm. You know, take this in steps. And really, I think that as you just confess to other people that this is something that's kind of hard for you, and as those people then draw close to you, I really do think that that need inside of you, it starts to respond. It starts to, when people love on you and they're warm and they're consistent in your life and they're safe and you're around those types of people, that need really will start to awaken inside of you. And so they encourage you in the book that you really need to pay attention to what kind of evokes that hunger inside Mm -hmm. of you. Because when you, for example, start to maybe get tearful when someone starts to share how much they care about you or when you just find inside of you like I'm drawn to be around this person you know whatever those things are pay attention to those things because what's happening is that you really are starting to feel loved Mm -hmm. and in that process that need is going to be awakening inside of you and so it really just kind of starts with acknowledging like this is an area where I struggle Mm -hmm. just needing this and so confessing that and then as people draw close that that need really just kind of starts to naturally awaken inside of you so good the next one they talk through is working through resistances and a big part of this is really identifying those blocks that we all struggle with when it comes to healthy relationship when it comes to really reaching out and being vulnerable and connecting with people. Um, One of the big ones that comes to mind even right now for me is like that fear of rejection or any of those fears that can kind of come in that cause us to throw up those walls, that cause us to kind of be independent and to not just kind of reach out and allow people to come into our lives. Anything that we find that kind of causes us to back off of that. Mm -hmm. The next thing they really encourage is that we're honest 
about those things in healthy relationship. And so if you're building relationship with someone who's healthy and you know that you have a fear of rejection and because of that fear of rejection in the past, you possibly have sabotage relationships or you haven't allowed them to go as deep as they could because you're afraid that you're going to get rejected. So sometimes we reject first as an example. Mm -hmm. There's something to be said about acknowledging those things about yourself and then bringing them out into the light in those healthy relationships. Hey, just so you know, this is this is my tendency. This is the cycle. I've kind of walked out of time after time after time in relationship. And I don't want to see that happen in this relationship. So I'm letting you know this so you can hold me accountable, so you can pray for me, so you can just be aware of the way this kicks up for me. So if you see any of this, I'm giving you permission to lovingly Mm. call me out because I don't want to operate from this place. And really understanding, we talk a lot about getting to the root, that that fear of rejection in relationship probably is more like the branches on the tree. But really being someone who gets to the root and being someone that doesn't just acknowledge the resistances, but goes in and goes, okay, but what are those rooted in, in my Mm -hmm. life? Why do I feel the need to resist these things in my life? Oh, it's because of possibly this past of abuse or this really hurtful situation that happened or this lie that I'm believing, whatever that root cause may be, it's being someone that gets to those underlying pieces so that you can actually be free. And that it's not just fighting off this fear of rejection, but it's really going, wow, that has no place to land anymore because I've done the hard work Mm -hmm. and I've gotten to the root and cut that out. And really they say the next thing to keep in mind is to do the very opposite of what those resistances tell you to do. So if the resistance is saying, go only to God with this, suck it up, don't be weak, all of those types of things, or be afraid that you're going to be rejected. Mm -hmm. They're like, just do the opposite, do exactly the opposite of what it says. And so really just shifting gears in that regard and acknowledging this is the way I tend to kind of go in relationships. So I'm going to play the opposite game and cause myself to go the direct opposite and to be really intentional about my choices. And I think it's so important to go back to the fact that you're doing that with safe people. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, it reminds me of how we've talked about before that, you know, a lot of people's issues and struggles, they were formed in relationship. Right. And usually in relationships where they were supposed to be able to trust somebody and they mm-hmm. were hurt or they were wounded. And so our healing is going to happen in relationship as well. Right. And so there's a, an element to this where it's like, you can kind of try to talk yourself out of that fear of rejection and all you want. And, mm-hmm. and you know, just just like will your way through that, but that's going to happen through relationship, through relationship with the Lord. Absolutely. Is right. he going to do a deep work in your heart? But there's also going to be healing that comes in safe relationships with safe people and those different issues that we struggle with. And so you can't really escape that one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it can't just all be just me and God. It's, we're just going to handle it all ourselves. Right. I don't need other people with this. God uses other people to bring healing into yeah. our lives. And so I think it's really important to go back to that as well. You know, one of the things that you talked a little bit about is being able to be honest with people mm-hmm. and own up to things. And so another action that we can really take to be safe for people is to invite the truth about ourselves. Mm-hmm. We talked about this a little bit last week and we're we're sharing about just the blind spots that we all have in our right. lives. And I was sharing last week that this is an area that I'm having to become more and more comfortable with. It's just true. Yeah. As much work as I've tried to do on myself throughout my life, I have blind spots. And so I need to be able to... To invite the truth, not just be open to the truth, but I like this idea of right. actually inviting it, asking people. There were two specific questions that they brought up in the book that you could regularly ask people that you know are close to you in your life. One is, what do I do that pushes you away from me? Wow. Mm-hmm. The other one is, what do I do that draws you toward me? Those are two very simple questions that you can ask people because honestly, I think that there are a lot of people who don't 
it may be nothing that you're specifically putting off. It's just that they don't like being honest with people. It's mm-hmm. just an area where they're a little bit insecure. They don't want to tell you the truth about things. And I, and I really think it, at some level, we all are, are not completely unaware. And some of us are really unskilled at knowing how we affect other people. Right. Like we just don't know how we're coming across to people. And so when you can invite that from other people that you know and trust, I think that that says a lot because the truth at the end of the day the truth increases love. Mm -hmm. And so people who are free to be honest with you are free to love you and vice versa. And so I I think that's a really important one. The other one that I wanted to hit on is, is knowing how to enter into forgiveness and, and really learning not only how to give forgiveness, but also how to receive it. They say in the book that one of the greatest benefits you will find in safe settings is a deepening understanding of failure and what to do with it. And so safe people know and understand that no one, including themselves, is perfect, that we're going to hurt each other. It's going to happen. And what do we do with that when it happens? And I think that safe people are just, they're familiar with the losses and the sin of this world. And and we may not love the fact that it's true, but we can accept the fact that it's true. And we know how to navigate those things. And I think, you know, it really does go two ways. It's first of all, learning how to receive forgiveness. And part of that is just even understanding the fact that we we have been forgiven by the Lord because I don't think that we're really able to forgive others unless we understand the depth at which we've been forgiven. And so just really learning how to apologize to other people, how to feel empathy for the pain that you've caused them, even knowing how to admit our faults without rationalizing them. Man, that's a hard one. Just be like, okay, I know I did that, but here's why. No, just just (laughs) saying I did it and I hurt you and I'm sorry and not making excuses or trying to rationalize it every time. And also really just knowing how to receive it without feeling like I've got to make up for it. Just receiving forgiveness from other people and accepting that love, which then in turns help you know, it helps you to know how, but also just empowers you to forgive other people. I think that they say it in the book, but it's something that we would say a lot too, like forgiven people know how to forgive others. And so, you know, man, we talk a lot about forgiveness around here. It's one of our primary mm-hmm. keys to freedom that we use in our residential program. And and we all understand that forgiveness at the end of the day is what frees you. Mm-hmm. It's about you. It's not about the other person who hurt you, but it's about you and your freedom. And I think it's why Jesus commanded it. It's not because like he just wanted to make life hard for us. He just, he knew that forgiveness was a massive key to our walking in freedom and wholeness. And so it's, it's a huge one and it's a process. And yeah. man, we could unpack on that one for weeks, but it's just important to know that safe relationships and being safe is when you know how to forgive and you know how to receive forgiveness. That's so good. Girl, you're just preaching to the choir over no. preaching. <laughs> um, the last one that we're going to hit on, and as we say often, we do not hit on everything that the book mm-hmm. presents because there's just not enough time to do that. But the last one we're going to hit on is giving something back. And I love this because when you are a safe person and you're in safe relationship, there is such a give and take in all of this. Um, but what they're really talking about is understanding what you have gained. And so what is it that you have gained from these healthy relationships? For example, as we've talked about this fear of rejection, you you can get some healing in your relationship with the Lord, of course, but 
when you've been rejected your whole life and then there's acceptance and approval that mm-hmm. comes in a healthy relationship, that's where healing comes. So when you've experienced this healing and this safe relationship dynamic, it positions you to really go, wow, look at all that I've gained. There's a gratitude and a thanksgiving that comes. But also it then positions you to have something to give away. So you're able to then be able to be there for other people so that you're able to ask for help, but you're also able to be there for other people. So there's this beautiful give and take that happens as well as just being someone who tells the truth. And they talk about even just being someone that goes into the world. And so the safer that we are, I really genuinely believe, the more the Lord can entrust to us. Because it doesn't mean we have to be perfect. We don't have to have everything on lockdown or tied up in a pretty bow, as we say. But the safer we are, the more that we are able to be entrusted with other people's Mm -hmm. lives, with their stories, with their hurts, because it's just the way that it works. And so when we've done the work that we need to to be safe people, when we've included in safe people and relationships into our lives, we've then positioned ourselves to be that much more of a caveat of, of love and care and goodness for other people that God can move through and really live into other people's lives. And so there's such a beauty in that big in that big picture of things that it's never just about us. Mm-hmm. It's always about all the other people that God intends to really love on and influence through our lives because we've chosen to take that safer path. Yeah. Well, whew, just went through a lot. I think we've done our best yes. in a month's time and four weeks or I guess five weeks to this month of, of podcast to kind of unpack this book, Safe People. But man, we just barely hit the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. And we really encourage you that if this discussion has been helpful for you or if you just want more, please go get the book. Right. Cloud and Townsend, Safe People. And um, just continue to, to really dig into this if this is an area that's really connected with you. Because as we've said many, many times throughout this series, the relationships in our life have a profound effect Mm -hmm. on us. And so don't take those lightly and take the time to really look at those. And and if there are ones that really just, as you've gone through this series, think, man, there are some unsafe relationships in my life that I need to either cut off or that I really need to start some setting some boundaries around. And you know what? There's some safe people that I need to really connect with more. Or, man, there's some areas in my life where I need to grow Mm -hmm. because I know that when we were talking through unsafe people, there were some characteristics that I absolutely identified in myself. Mm -hmm. And as we've looked at safe people over the last two weeks, there's some areas where I'm like, man, I need to grow. And I want to be the safest person I can possibly be for other people, as you said, because it affects many, 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 many lives Mm -hmm. more than we even know. And so I just encourage you to keep digging into this topic if you've been listening and it's really connected with you. And um, I also want to, as we sign off today, I want to be sure that I remind our listeners kind of switching gears here, but we have an event coming up very soon, actually in less than a month on April 21st and 22nd, our Freedom Experience event in Newcastle, Delaware is happening. And so for all of our friends in the Northeast, but actually I say that, man, at our Freedom Experience events, we've had people flying in from all over the country, even from other places in the world that have come to attend these events. And so we absolutely love the Freedom Experience. We haven't had one in a while. It's been Mm -hmm. a few months since we've had one. So I'm really looking forward to it. It's at an amazing church with some amazing people, people that we've been friends with here at Mercy for years and years. And so it's going to be a powerful weekend. We're going to basically be going through the seven keys to freedom that we use in our residential program that are also part of our keys to freedom study that just recently released. And we're going to really be, we're going to be 
teaching on those different keys, but also walking people through just some different reflection and just experiential, um, you know, application of those different keys. We're going to have worship. Anthony Evans is going to be there leading worship, which is always a good time. So it's going to be a really, really great weekend. So if you live in that area, we encourage you to join us. If you know people who live in that area, we encourage you to let them know about it. You can go to mercymultiplied.com and under the events tab on our home screen, you can go down to the Freedom Experience and get information about the event and register today. It's going to be awesome. So make sure that you join us. And I believe that is it. That wraps up our our series on safe people. And we're going to be jumping into a new topic next month. We have found at our workshops and just in various places where we interact with people that this the topic of shame Mm -hmm. is one that people really want to know more about and learn more about. And I know even my own personal life, I've noticed that, you know, the effects of shame has really like played a part in my life that I would have never recognized before. And I've been able to recognize it more in the lives of people that I love as I've learned more about it. And so Mm -hmm. I think it's a topic that I think more people are starting to talk about it these days. Uh, And I think it's a great one for us to hit for, for a few weeks next month. So make sure that you come back and join us. We hope that you've enjoyed this last series on safe people and we will see you next week. 